Buffs Nation. What's going on? Welcome back into another episode of the Buffs Nation podcast. Unfortunately, we come to you today on uh, terms that aren't as exciting as we thought they may have been one week ago. Buffs are one and two, only win against the UNC Bears, a couple bad losses in a row. So today is going to be more, the way I see it, guys, it's, it's more of a therapy session, okay? Coming in here, vent a little bit, get everything off my chest. It's been a rough couple days. As you know, I'm Tyler Walgie. He is Jared All, my... Uh, esteemed colleague to my right what's going on jared I, I thought about not coming in today i thought <laughs> i thought it just i don't know i wanted to just suppress this and move on and never talk about it again it's uh it's been bad and we're not being hyperbolic we're not i think going overboard things are not good right now with the colorado buffs and it has been a long time since i've seen a team look this inept and it's really strange because I didn't see this coming. It's not like we predicted a brand new team, brand new this, brand new that. We thought we knew what we had largely across the board. And the disappointing thing is none of it seems to be living up to hype. So today we'll talk about what we've seen this far up to the season, three weeks in through the uh, from the buffs, disappointments. You know, is there anything good? Is there any positives to take out of the first three games? And what can we expect heading into Pac-12 play? Producer Ryan, what's going on? How you doing, man? Hey, Tyler. Uh, yeah, just um, much like Jared, I was dreading revisiting this. I talked myself back See, off the cliff. I feel and like... And then this is slowly pushing me towards the cliff again. I feel like this is good, right? We've it, it is. It Deep down, we need it, but yeah. I didn't... We need to exercise yes. the demons. <laughs> I wanted to just pack them things away and forget about them. It's good to talk about things. It's good to discuss, get it out there. Otherwise, I would have just kept shoving it down. It's okay. It's going to be okay. And really, I think the essence of all this is it's not okay. And this all started week one. And as I've said before, we kind of keep our pulse on social media, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. See what everyone out there, see what everyone's thinking in Buffs Nation. And week one happens with the UNC Bears. They come to Boulder. Colorado gets a win. What was it? 35-10, something like that. And for some fans, the sky was falling. For other fans, hey, no big deal. They're working out some kinks. First game of the season. And we said on the following show, look, we get both sides. But in terms of the sky is falling, people, I understand. Because you expect to come out and beat a team like UNC. And if Brendan Lewis... Looked like he didn't know what was going on against the Bears. How's he supposed to look against AM? So this started very early, right? Game one, they came out not looking prepared at all, at all. And the way I've explained this, kind of, the way I see this happening is, have you guys ever, I don't know, you two were much, uh, much more uh, studious than I was growing up, right? <laughs> you two got uh, straight A's. You guys were always front of the classroom. Something like that. Yeah, so maybe this wasn't applicable to you guys growing up. But for me... Sometimes, sometimes more than others, I'd show up and I or I'd wake up one day and I'd be like, "Oh no, I've got a project due." Okay, I didn't finish my project; it's only halfway done. So what do you do? I go to school. I've got half my project done, and I go, "Well, I guess I'm presenting what I have." And I get up there and I present my half-done project and hope that I get the best grade I can. That's exactly what it feels like I'm seeing from the Colorado Buffs offense. Shiverini in the offense. It's like, well. We don't have a finished product. We don't really know what's going to happen, but let's march them out there and see. I mean, guys, th this can't be what the coaching staff is seeing in practice. If this is what they're seeing in practice, and they're just marching them out there and not doing anything else about it, this is an all-around 
effort. This is an all-around negative. So I know this has been kind of all over the board. Let's narrow things down. Jared, I want to give you the floor. Your first thoughts, Colorado so far. What do you think of my analogy? The offense showing up unprepared. What do you think so far? I actually like that. I think that's well put. Um, you know, it, that never it, happened to you though, did it? Uh, no, I would. I was the kid that stayed up late. I stayed yeah, up sure late the night were. before. Yeah. Of course, I just know. didn't do it. It's <laughs> <laughs> like nope. Well, uh, I, I'll have to throw a shout out to my mom because she ended up doing most of the project. <laughs> right. by, by the time it hits ten o'clock, man, she ended those up just volcanoes doing it all. were erupting. Man, it was like Mount Vesuvius. My mom was good at science projects. Right? <laughs> uh, but but getting back to the buffs, I mean, I think that's well put. The offense doesn't feel like they know the direction they're going, and and I keep looking, you know. Ha- having these kind of flashbacks in my memory to Steven Montez and when he was the quarterback for the buffs and I'm not saying that was a perfect offense, but there was, you know, a lot of creativity and how they got the ball in their, their players hands. And especially when Montez was a young quarterback, they really leaned on those guys and I'm seeing none of that. I, I'm not, I'm just not seeing a lot of creativity. I'm not seeing a lot from, it's not just Brendan Lewis. He's not looked good, but this offensive line hasn't looked good. And I think there's an overall lack of creativity within this offense that was so predictable on Saturday. And honestly, I'm concerned. This is, the, you, you said it, it's the most inept I've seen a team look. That was one of the worst games I can ever remember. I didn't hear the fight song one no. time it, at that game. It was one of the worst games I remember seeing ever. That's the, well, offensive performance. And actually, Jared, I disagree with one part you said, and I kind of want to boil everything down right now to Brendan Lewis because I do think that that's the main issue here. And I said a couple shows ago, let's be easy on the kid. He's a freshman. He's getting going. I've completely changed my tone. I think that he's the wrong choice. I'm, I've pretty much sold my stock at this point. And there's a difference between being young, being a freshman, going through your learning curves. Guys, we've seen this before. We've seen freshmen in Colorado go through learning curves or or growing pains. We've seen freshmen across the country come into different schools, not all elite, some bad schools, and they've done perfectly fine. Brendan Lewis looks lost. He looks confused. It looks like the game is going way too fast for him. And I will put a lot of what's going on on his shoulders and actually... I don't, I don't like to do this. I think it's lazy to say this is the problem because football is a team sport, man. Everything is cohesive. Even offense, defense, special teams. When you're not on the field together, it all works together. So for those who say, well, football's individual. Look at receivers. Look at offensive linemen. Sometimes you have one-on-one matchups. It's a team sport, okay? However, after looking at the stats and watching these games over and going through in depth what's going on right now with the buffs, I am convinced, Jared, that this is where I disagree with you. It is solely on the shoulders of one player, and that's Brendan Lewis. Because you know why the line looks bad? Because he's not getting rid of the football, scrambling. You know why the line looks bad? Because we can't run the football. Because every team knows Brendan Lewis is not going to throw unless the receiver's 10 yards open. But you're telling me, Tyler, if if they open up next week against Arizona State Mm -hmm. in a shotgun offense run primarily... Uh, option read and run pass option style of offense that that doesn't better suit Brendan Lewis and we will be a more successful offense. I don't think it's that easy. I I, I think that you're really I, I, I absolutely feel something. like they're putting him in a lot of positions where he is dropping back in a deep drop and it's not. Let, let's I'm not, not. Hey, I agree with everything you said there that he is. The game is moving too fast and he is not prepared for the situation he's in. But 
I don't think to, turning to Drew uh, Carter, Carter is going to get you I, I don't necessarily anywhere think else. that's the answer either. I think either. this is the best option you have, and you need to find ways to put him in a better situation but so hold that on, he's Jared. not... We, we have to be careful here. I don't want to get on here. And the one thing that you see on social media is play calling and play calling. And, you know, again, I brought my mom up last week. She's a big CU fan. And I think that it's good to kind of get what she's saying because, like, that's the average fan. That's what they're all thinking. And, you know, she's a diehard. And it's like, what if we incorporate more play action? What if we do kind of like you're saying right now, Jared? I think that, I mean, even though Shiverini is like the punching bag right now of Boulder, everyone wants to take their shots at him. They know football. They know more than we do about the X's and O's. If it were as simple as let's incorporate more RPOs or let's incorporate this other wrinkle in the offense or let's get Brendan Lewis moving on the outside, they would be doing that. What I think we're working with here or the offensive coaching staff is working with here is such a bad quarterback that they can't do a thing. See, I, I'm not, I'm not this, ready to write off Brandon Lewis as a bad I, I, quarterback. I completely sold my stock. I, 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 I agree he is not listen, ready for this moment, but I think he has a future still with this team. We're talking about the same offensive staff that last year took what is now Oregon State's third-string quarterback, went 4-2, and two, looked, I want to say great, looked very good on offense, Top team, uh, top six team in the Pac-12 offensively, top four team in the, in passing, uh, one of the best rushing teams in the, in the country. What we saw last year with with Sam Neuer is what you could see with this offense with a competent quarterback. That's my point here. Everything starts and ends with Brendan Lewis, and it's it's hysterical. I was laughing this weekend, going, I can't believe I am fawning over the third-string quarterback at Oregon State going, God, if we just had that guy. Yeah, we miss him, don't we? Yeah, and it's like, you know, so I don't think Drew Carter is going to be the answer. I unfortunately don't think we have anyone on the roster right now who can help out everyone around them. I believe, Jared, this team is set up to compete, and this is going to sound crazy. I think this team is set up to compete for a Pac-12 championship outside the quarterback position. The line is so much better than they've looked statistically. These receivers are elite. We know about the running backs we have. This defense, I mean, as long as a secondary can show up and have an average game, Colorado's defense is extremely good. Okay, so we're looking at a team that is completely around the board set up to win right now outside of the quarterback position. That to me is what's so frustrating is if Brendan Lewis plays like the 75th best quarterback in the country, CU can win six or seven games this year. Right now, he's playing like a bottom five quarterback. There's 130 teams, mind you, okay? So I think if he plays better, everything around him improves. Offensive line, running game. But there are ways to enhance a quarterback's ability to do that. And his best skill set is as a runner, and they're not utilizing him as a runner. That should be primarily how you're how you're running him out there. How you are leading this offense is him as a runner to try to open things up as a passer. I mean they're I using that as a last Jared, resort. He's got the second most rush attempts on the team. Sacks are counted as rushes as well. Jared so that's Bru- part of it. Well still Jared Broussard has 32 Look, rush Tyler, attempts. I'm agreeing. Brendan I agree Lewis, with 24 attempts for 93 everything yards. Everything you're saying about Brendan Lewis. But what's your answer? As a coaching staff, you just go, huh, I guess we don't okay, have a quarterback. So I guess That's my answer what, would be... This is where now it's on them to figure I this out. I guess my out. answer would be put in Drew Carter. I mean, here's the thing. <laughs> Brendan Lewis is afraid to throw the ball. I mean, it, it's it looks the exact same. And this is college football. We've got a 12-game season. We're three games done. That's 25% of the year. We're not like, well, we got to keep seeing what we have. Let's keep seeing what we have. 
I'm done seeing what we have. He Brendan Lewis has not improved at all in these first three he's, games. He's three games into a college career. But I I, I haven't I think seen, there's a lot left. I want to see him see. throw the football. The reason why he has so many sacks is because he sits back there with happy feet, looking to one receiver, I, looking to the next receiver, looking to the next I receiver. I believe uh, the quarterback that we saw last year in the Alamo Bowl is still in there. He's shaken and has lost that confidence. And maybe he does need to get pulled so he's not continuing to push that further and further where he's losing more and more confidence. Maybe he does need to be off the field for a little bit, but I think there is still a future there. And as a coaching staff, you have to put him in a better position than being under center. I mean, I, I didn't count the plays, but he's lining up under center, you know, on, on a QB stretch I mean, over and over and over again. Yeah. That's not a successful position for him. So, okay. I mean, maybe we can take this conversation off Brendan Lewis. That's how I feel. I think it's pretty much squarely on the shoulders of one person. And again, I want to reiterate, I hate saying that as an answer. I didn't want that to be the answer, but that's honestly how I feel. So as long as Drew Carter gets back there and throws the freaking ball, I'm fine with it. I've said that in my seats. I'm, go- I'm looking around to you know the people who I sit by, and it's just like, Brendan, Brendan. It's okay to throw an interception. It's not the end of the world. My God, make a mistake. That's how you learn. He's had one interception all year. Like, that's not growing pains. You're not going to get better doing that. Okay, so we can shift the focus. We, you know, I, I've got what I needed to out. That's what I think is the problem. And if that doesn't change, Brendan Lewis doesn't change quickly, this team is going to be in for a long season. I wouldn't mind seeing Drew Carter as long as he throws the, the football. Whoever's playing, get rid of the ball. But we can shift the conversation now to the coaching staff. Because everyone right now seems to be focusing on them. I think I'm kind of in the minority thinking it's Brendan Lewis. Most people are blaming Darren Shiverini and company and the coaching staff. So I will say maybe there could be more that is being done to put Brendan Lewis and others in a good situation. You know, I, I don't necessarily think that it all falls on them because I've seen the track record and, and I don't want to see, you know, there, there's some people who say Shiverini sucked for years. It's like, well, they went four and two last year. And I mean, if you're going to nitpick every single play call, that's not what I'm about. But we've seen this coaching staff do a lot with other players. So that's why I tend to say probably not the coaching staff. We've seen creativity. We've seen Shiverini come up with other plays and in and, and, and different sets. And we've seen him both with Cepho and, and, and Montez. But are you seeing that creativity here? And I guess that's where when I look at those offenses and I look at this now, this is a different offense. But maybe me. he doesn't have the quarterback to run that, right? It's it's like... I think that's the, the design of those offenses. Haven't you ever seen those cooking shows? It's like Chopped. And they'll send these world-class chefs into the kitchen with like barbecue sauce and pickles and eggs. And they'll be like, all right, make a filet mignon and, uh, you know, a, a souffle. It's like, whoa, okay. And they'll somehow do it. That's what great people can do. They take limited resources and make them look better. That's what a quarterback like Steven Montez, who's made an NFL roster, by the way, Sefa Lufau, who temporarily made an NFL roster, by the way, that's what those quarterbacks can do. So that opens the playbook up by itself. It's not just like, if you call the plays, the production will happen. You got to have the horses to run the race. But I think you need to put the ball in your receiver's hands. That's where you do have the horses. Jared, how many how many play calls have, do they call? He drops back and doesn't throw the football. I mean, he had, Brendan Lewis has 31 completions through three games. But put okay? him in a situation where he's making the read pre-snap and you make a throw. And I, again, I don't want to get down it into every, like, every play call, but, but, you know, there's a lot of dropping back and throwing down the field. 
that is not good for a guy who's not reading the defense fast and who's not processing the pass rush coming at him. You need to have so wait, him. You're, so you're saying the problem is he was going vertical too much? No, I think you need to get the ball out of his hands I faster. think they're trying to. The coaches can't throw the football for and him. And then ultimately, if that's not, if he's not going to do that, and I agree again with you that that has been a major issue for him where he is holding that ball, he is slow with his delivery, he's not deliberate with his processing, but if that's if that continues to happen, it gets to a point where you feel like, hey, this is on him. That's where you have to make that change. You do at a at a certain point, you have to make a change to somebody who gives you a chance to win. I truly believe that this coaching staff and and this the the design of this offense can do a lot to help Brendan Lewis be a successful quarterback on this team. And I th- I'm afraid that it's it's going to take too long for him to get there ultimately, but I think that that is still in his future with this team. So a couple a couple points. Uh, Tyler, you, you brought up Cepho and Steven Montez, and, and when they when they finally got uh, named the starters, they had been sitting on the bench for a while, you know, so they're a little bit more experienced uh, th- than Brendan Lewis. Um, Brendan Lewis, it, it, a lot of what I'm seeing is very young mistakes. When he feels the pressure, he's falling backwards and retreating rather than stepping up in the pocket um obviously holding onto the ball far too long but so I, th- I think this is kind of something that that we're gonna have to go through with the with a young guy and just like you said we don't have another option other than going with drew carter um and it's gonna probably be a lot of the same thing um but you know at the same time you do need to see what you have and then the other thing that that i had a problem with uh specifically with with the coaches is when carl durrell first of all i had i had an issue with him refusing to talk to koa post game right um i think that that's kind of cowardly and this is your football team man you need to come out and give you you know your diehard fans some answers and then uh I, i believe it was yesterday he was he was getting asked questions and and he said that he's going to start being more involved in the offensive meetings and to me i just i just wonder what is he doing if he's not all he's he's an offensive minded coach what and after you know unc you know you kind of trudge through the mud before you gain some ground texas a&m really the most success you had was when you were running the football consistently and then you go through even a quarter of last week against Minnesota, how do you not try immediately insert yourself and try to do something different? And that's the thing. I think Darrell needs to be more assertive with the stuff, like you said, take more control. I wonder why he wasn't doing that initially. But uh, so I've got a, a, a response to a couple of things you said right there. Uh, you mentioned that uh, this offense would look pretty much the same with Drew Carter. I'm not so sure about that. I think this offense would look different with Drew Carter. I, I meant as far as um, the young mistakes. I mean, that could be the case as well. But, I mean, again, as long as someone's throwing the football and getting the football out of right. their hands. that's a big issue. Yeah, that, that's the thing. So, as long as Drew Carter can do that, I'm not so sure this offense wouldn't improve. And that's the thing is, is if what I said is true, which I believe it is, everyone right now on this roster is set up to help win. So, if you can just get them the football, let them yeah. do their job, well, that's what you got to do. Oh, sorry. Finish what no, you no, said. No, no, no. Go, ahead, to, go oh, ahead. Uh, going back to something you said at the very beginning of the show is that if this is what the coaches are seeing – during the week, how are they? How is this what they're putting out there? So, right. e- either you got one or two scenarios. Either Brennan Lewis throughout the week is showing the processing speed they expect, showing the ability to 
handle himself as yeah. their starting quarterback or or they're just watching him crash and burn yeah. and, and not doing anything about well, it maybe the lights are a little bit too bright you know I mean, that could be the and, case. And, and, and Ryan, I think you make a great point about some of the previous. In fact, each of the, the last three quarterbacks sit, sitting down, spending some time as the backup learning before they got their chance. I really think Brandon Lewis could have well, benefited from a couple and, of and, years. And yeah. if you remember what, you know, when Cepho was starting, who were, who was one of the guys in the colored vests calling plays for him? Who's Steven Montez? Yep. So they're, they're, they're taking the mental reps when they're not able to take the physical reps and look i think it's clear at this point that you guys are willing to give a little bit more leeway to lewis that's fine that's why we get on the show and give our opinions and, and i actually like that because it gives sure. me a little more hope i mean i you well and listen i, I i'm i'm not going to bail on brendan lewis but he's on thin ice in my book I mean, because because bailed. because ultimately what i care about is University of Colorado winning football games. Right. You know, I've 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 been going to games for 23 years, and by far, I'm sure I've seen something close to that bad. But by far, the I mean, worst game. Yeah, <laughs> that, I don't know. That team, I feel if, like if anything like that shows up the rest of the year, they won't win a game. Well, well, I feel like then, Brennan Lewis made Cody Hawkins look like Peyton Manning. Well, and you know what? what? I'm like. I'm sorry, but uh, but I had a feeling leaving that game on Saturday. Actually, one of the people that we share our season tickets with literally just turned to me and said that was a complete waste of my Saturday. Right, I thought uh, the same. And then it, ma- it makes me think, well, why am I spending my hard-earned money on season tickets for a product like this? Right, right. And that's the thing. I mean, you're you're spending your day, you're driving up, you're, you're I know you guys have it's the, all day the parking spot, but you know, other people pay for parking. Right. You, you 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 come from all over the state. So, no, it's expensive and it's it's BS that they could put a product like that out there. And Ryan, you also mentioned Carl Durrell post game. I had some serious issues with what I heard post game. Yep. Both that he didn't talk to KOA, avoiding it. Like, yeah. come on, act like you're flagship before. station. But also, you guys heard his his post game interview with, on TV. Uh, I don't believe so. It sounded like this. So, coach, what's the problem on offense today? You know, I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, I'm as confused as you guys. That's are. concerning. That's not what you want to hear. I got a little quick story. A little story time with Uncle Tyler. I got a new roof put on my house about two months ago, and there was this really strong paint smell in the bathrooms after the roof got put on. An odor. An odor. <laughs> and so I had the paint company come out. The, actually, the owner of the company come on, came on out, and he told me, huh, this is weird. I've never seen this before in my life. <laughs> and that gave me no comfort because I thought, oh, great. Now this is a one in a million thing. We're going to have a whole issue. What and did they was. spill in my vents? Exactly. And it was. It turned out to be a whole issue, right? <laughs> Same thing here. When it's like... Well, I got no answers for you. You're supposed to be the head coach. They hired you to have the answers. No one said it's easy. No one said being the head coach of a Pac-12 program is going to be easy. But when you lose 30 to nothing and look like a a JV team at home against Minnesota, we need answers. And we need much more than, well, you know, I'm not so sure. I've loved Carl Durrell's demeanor before. It kind of pissed me off this weekend. Yeah, well, and and to be completely honest with you, um, going on that point is – we could all tell when we got out of the car there the entire campus was flat and then we get to our seats where we actually went down uh to the very first row and watched them warm up nobody's you know nobody's chatting nobody's getting each other fired up they come out and the very first play brendan lewis fumbles the snap right and 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 it it, goes right it was a good snap too well and right through his hands right and 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 it 
the the momentum of your team is all on the head coach getting you prepared for moments like that minnesota's a good team i yeah. mean it's a good big 10 team and you guys and, and they look like they didn't even want to be there but uh keep in mind too the market or the sports betting market is really pretty accurate you know and yep. uh the head cu is favorites in that game yep. So it's like, well, Tyler, who cares about the line and the favorites? Okay, I understand. Maybe you're not so into that stuff. But the idea that people who bet millions of dollars and the sports books who take millions of dollars and beat most people at this, 99.9%, they all said, yeah, we think Colorado should be two-point favorites. If you want to bet Minnesota plus two, be my guest. They said that last week. The sports books did. So it's not like this is some huge, well, Minnesota's a really good team. and call- No expectation was the buff should have won that game. <laughs> it didn't look close. And you got boat race. It raced. didn't look close. It looked like the Dan Hawkins era. And you know what's scary too is Minnesota left points on the field. Yeah, I was just going to say that it could have been a lot worse. There was at least 10 points. Oh my God. God I'm all bummed out again. I'm sorry. You know what's <laughs> fun? I, I, sat in, I sat by the most insufferable of fans. So I'm up there. I'm, I'm row... Uh, I actually don't want to get out my exact seat. <laughs> you, never know who's, you never know who's listening. Uh, yeah, section uh, uh, two. Six. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I'm up there uh, a little higher in the stadium to where uh, there weren't a whole lot of people around us. And there were a couple Minnesota fans. And they weren't being over the top, right? Like Bat Dad from South Park. Ooh! Like they weren't like that. <laughs> but they were just, they were the kind of football fan that didn't know a lot about football, but love their team in Minnesota. Yeah. And from the first opening freaking kickoff where he kicked it out of bounds. Yeah. Oh, this guy, oh, this kicker, he's got a great leg. Oh, la- I watched him last week. He had a couple long kicks. Oh, this kicker's amazing. Oh, a great leg. And it's just like, oh, this is going to be a long game. This guy. And he was, he was a nice guy, but it's just like, dude, we get it. You like your t- shut up. You're around old school CU fans. No one of them wants to hear it. Well, and, and they're even more insufferable when you're down 30. Exactly. exactly. And he keeps on and going, and going, going and going and going and going and going. But what was funny is, so the kicker, who is this amazing, he's going, oh, the kicker, this kicker, the kicker, kicker, kicker. So he comes out and misses the 30 yard, 30 yard uh, field goal, right? That, that one drive where they try and go up through uh-huh. nothing. And he goes, oh, that's 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 bizarre. That never happens. Well, here's what happened. He dug his foot into the turf and pride. That's oh, what happened. God. And he's, saying, he's explaining why he missed the field. Diagnosing. He goes, oh, he dug his foot into the turf. It just went up to the side. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. And then the kicker misses the extra point. <laughs> and, and some guy behind me like made a comment like, boy, that kicker's pretty good. And in the most humble voice ever, this guy turns to us and goes, I thought he was good. <laughs> <laughs> but the 30 to nothing win kind of yeah. overshadowed. Oh, yeah. It, it got, they were actually, you know, the, the Gophers fans were pretty good throughout the course of the game. They weren't in your face. But as everyone was exiting, and we're like right by the stairs in our section. So as everyone's exiting, every one of them has to make a comment. And you just got to eat it. When you play yeah, that bad, that's the, that's the you just, I, I just hate it. losing to a team whose motto is row the boat. Row it up. You know, I'm not the biggest outdoors guy in the world. Because so. you know how uh, gophers are, you know, seafaring yeah, creatures. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> row the boat. I don't get that. If we ever rode a boat, how does that work? Like, would, would I go front, middle, or back? How does that work? I don't know. I think you want to wait in the back, don't wait you? Wait in the back. Uh, so I'd go like, front. Looks like I'm sitting in the back. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to alternate the paddle movements, too. That's that's some team building right there. And then the, whoever's in the middle is just stuck doing both sides. Yeah, right. Dude. Yeah, middle. middle yeah, I mean, is, is it like a canoe or? Uh, dude, you're I was picturing a canoe. That's what I was picturing. I don't you're know about you guys. Guy. I'd rather do the whitewater rafting where you just get in and hold on for your life. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm um, more of a yacht guy myself. There you go. Yeah, and that's of course you are. 
right, so I mean, I don't have much else to add there. And again, for the listeners, this is going to be a different show because for the Arizona State game, and we'll get to it. I mean, I, I'm at a loss for yeah. even how to break down what CU can do against Arizona State. I just want to see them look competitive. Right. So, and I had a couple of things um, for Arizona State, not necessarily for Arizona State, um, but uh, I did see. Um, I know I was thinking it while I was watching the game. Uh, Jarek Broussard did play any practice all week, but he was still pretty dinged up, so that's why I didn't get a lot of time. Um, and then just the uh, just a little bit ago today, I saw that uh, Mustafa Johnson will be uh, completely eligible to play uh, for USC. Awesome. I mean, that's great. Look, it's not the defense that needs help. No, it's not. Although I will say, it's a nice I, piece. The, the the defense left some to be desired in uh, that game okay. as well. Okay, well, when your offense is going three and out hey, every time, I get it. And you're spending three fourths the game on the field. What are you supposed to do? I get it. I get it. But I don't blame it's this not like they played a perfect game. I and, don't care. And, I don't care. This and, defense and the reality is, the is, is yeah. as a football team, you have to gather yourselves and. Try to go win some football games before it in. One, right. one thing I'm just holding out hope as a fan more than anything is we've seen them pack 12 defenses in the past, and uh, they're not always the most stout. Yeah. And and I'm Man. hopeful that we're going to see a little more uh, give from some of these pack 12 defenses. Now they don't get, you know, the Buffs don't get any any favors with their first couple pack 12 games. Yeah, Those are two of the more stout defenses they'll face, but. That's kind of what I'm holding out for for as a fan, you know. Yeah, well, and, and just to the defensive uh, standpoint, it's obviously not not defense. In our last in CU's last six quarters, they have 94 yards. Oh my god, I got some bad stats here about CU recently. <laughs> Let's just pile on. I mean, it's I took some well, screenshots. Well, uh, 63 was the total yards. These from, are all. Uh, yeah. I got these from Brian Howell. He's at Brian Howell 33. Uh, he's writes for Buff Zone. Uh, Buff Zone, yes. All right, so through three games, Colorado ranks 126 nat- nationally and last among the Power Five in scoring 14 points per game and total offense 235 points per game. Uh, another one here, uh, Colorado's point totals in its last six games against FBS competition, 20, 24, 21, 23, 7, and 0. And last stat here, uh, Carl Durrell era so far. First two games, 41.5 points per game, almost 500 yards per game. Last seven games, three and four record, 18 and a half points per game, 318 yards per game. So the stats are not there. The stats do not look good. And uh, yeah, let's get on to the Arizona State game because the Buffs open up Pac-12 play. Before we do that, Ryan, let's get to this week in Colorado Buffalo's football history. Do you have something uplifting for us today? Uh, yeah. Can I, we I, change today's tone at all? I think we can uh, turn this boat oh, around. God. We'll go back to the boat. Don't say boat. Let's not <laughs> reference the boat Why? right now. Why'd you have right? to go there? All right. So September 24th, 1994, and what would eventually be selected as the national play of the year and one of the top plays of all time, Cordell Stewart throws a 64-yard touchdown pass to Michael Westbrook via a Blake Anderson tip as Colorado rallies to beat Michigan at Ann Arbor as time expired, 27-26. to Miracle of Michigan. That is only the, the best play ever. In the history of sports. My dad was there. No, huh? Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. What a game to be at. I know, right? Wow. Best play ever. All right, so. Although, I don't know. That would be scary to be a CU <laughs> fan at that well, game at that point we, in time. Yeah, right? we, we, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tyler and I went to Ann Arbor a couple years ago when CU played Michigan, and probably one of the nicest fan bases I've ever been around. Yeah, t- the times have changed, though. It's that Midwestern. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the times have changed a little bit. 
All right, so let's talk about Arizona State. Uh, Colorado uh, going on the road. Uh, first road game of the year, right? That's yeah. correct. First sure. road game of the season Which for the Which I have Luffs. to say, as a season ticket holder, I hate it. I hate it. Don't give me three games in September to go to. Well, we kind of got the extra mile high game. I know. That was supposed to be like a road one. I we want November six, games, But man. we still have six in, in Folsom this year. But I know what you're saying. We got a couple out of the way early. But uh, either way, either way, Buffs on the road against Arizona State. ASU, I don't know. Are they still top 25? They lost to BYU last week. They I, may have fallen I, out. Yeah, I don't know, but I... I mean, it was a top 25 matchup, yeah. both so, teams. So they're either uh, top 25 or, or, or fringe, yeah. right on the outside looking in. But either, either way, ASU is a good team this year. And this is not the way that a struggling Buffs team really wanted to start Pac-12 play with such a good ASU team. And the one thing that I think was the, the, the off-season news that everyone focused on with ASU was the recruiting violations. Herm Edwards broke the rules. And the question was... How is this going to impact or affect the team? It's not at all. Okay, it may be a distraction to other people, the media. ASU's just fine. Now, they lost last week to a good BYU team, much better BYU team than a lot of people think, and ASU is, I would say, kind of picking up where they left off last year. So, very good team in the Pac-12. The way the South is looking this season, it's anyone's division, and I think ASU right there, probably the top of the list for a lot of national pundits. Uh, Jaden Daniels, their quarterback, really taking on a bigger role this year in the rushing game. Last season, he averaged around five rushes a game. This season, he's doubled that. He's run on the ball almost 10 times a game. And as a team, very good rushing attack. 5.6 yards a carry and 11 touchdowns. Through the air, only two touchdowns, three picks, and five sacks so far. So definitely Arizona State, a team who wants to run the football. But Jaden Daniels, unlike what we've seen in Boulder, absolutely able to drop back, throw the football, short, medium, downfield. So really, there's not one specific place this defense needs to focus. Now, before we get to CU's offense, we'll stay on this side of the football. Jared, any keys for the defense anywhere in particular they need to focus for this ASU offense? I think just overall and shutting down the running game. It's something that they did well prior to this this last game against Minnesota. They struggled a little bit uh, shutting down the run against but still, Minnesota. This is a team where, this is where CU should uh, thrive. Yeah, the the reality is though, if you could shut them down as in the running game, I mean, hey, it's kind of a pick your poison. As you mentioned uh, with with Jaden Daniels, he's a very very talented player. Um, I I think that the best thing you can do is kind of make them one dimensional and force them to pass. I really think it's going to take turnovers from this defense for for the Buffs to have a chance to win this game. And I know that's that's a terrible way to go into a game, but you got to have a big play. You got to do something to put your offensive in plus territory to, right, to get ahead, right. to steal one, and that's when you can have a chance to win this game. Yeah, I mean, you got to force them to go through the air. Their leading uh, receiver is actually their running back. So if you can stop the run, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, if you can stop the run, I think um, I think you're going to give yourself at least a shot to uh, see what your offense can do. <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. I think Jared actually brought up a good point: turnovers. And the reason why I don't often go for turnovers is because if you look at stats, it's funny. Turnovers are largely luck. So it's not like hey, like if if offensively you need to stress the passing game or the running game, that's in the coach's hands. If you need turnovers during a game. You know, maybe you could say, well, pressure the quarterback more, but it's always give and take on defense. You don't want to expose yourself. So, but I agree. I think turnovers are going to be uh, the key to this game. Whoever wins in turnovers is going to have the inside track, especially yep. if it's CU. Not just because you're taking the ball out of ASU's hands, but like Jared said, field position. If you can get a couple fumbles or interceptions, flip the field. 
get a first down or two out of Brennan Lewis, so you're at least in field goal position, right? Because this year, the key to winning is going to be very different than what we've seen the last decade from the Buffs. Yep. They're going to have to win 17, 13 exactly. games. So it is about this defense. How but did it, it come to this? Well, <laughs> it's it's all it's all about controlling the clock and playing good defense. And if you need a play out of Brendan Lewis, then just just try to let him relax and and kind of just be in the moment and not feel like the weight of the world is on his shoulders. Yeah, I mean, and that's probably easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. Get out there and, and do something about it, but. Let's get to that. Let's get to see who's offense, because I think we're done with this. Now, ASU, offensively, they want to run the football. They've been very successful, so we have to shut down the run, force some turnovers. But I think this whole game does hinge on, can see you get on the freaking board. I mean, the offenses looked horrible lately. Like I've said, probably the worst offense I've seen go into games for the last three decades. 20 consecutive drives without a point. It's horrible. I mean, it's just so bad. And I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. That's the worst offense I've ever seen at Folsom Field. So... I mean, again, I don't want to go keys for the... I feel like it's disingenuous, and I feel like I'm just so defeated right now to go, all right, guys, keys to the game. What does CU have to do to get the win? Because we just have to see them look like an average team before I can get anywhere else. And right. it's funny how expectations have fallen recently. Well, and that's that's what's hard about this this football team in particular is we don't know what their identity is. We haven't seen anything from them offensively, so we don't know what to really expect, what... What we, you know, what we can pinpoint as, yes, this will be whether, why they either win or lose. It's because we don't know. But I think we're circling back around to the coaching staff because that's on the coaches to establish that in the offseason. This is our identity. We're going to be this power rushing team. We're going to rush. I'd be okay if CU's one and two, but they look like they have an identity and they know what they want to do. I don't care if you give these running backs the ball 40, 45 times a game. Get Broussard, get Fontenot, get Clayton, get Smith involved, get Joe Davis involved. I don't care. Just have something. Don't look like you're lost out there. So that's the main thing. I think as Buffs fans, that's the concern. This fan base has been through hell and back, right? We've seen (laughs) some bad times. We've seen some bad games. We've seen some horrible eras. The fact that everyone right now is so up in arms should mean something. This is not a one-off. This is not the New York Yankees where people freak out for no reason. This is an actual time where people are hitting the panic button and it means something. Things are not good right now with Colorado football and we need changes immediately. Um, Do you guys have anything else to add? I mean, look, again, for the audience, we love going deep dive for games, doing positional matchups, keys to the game. This is such a different show, a different week. I don't have that for this game. Like I said, I, I, I don't feel like it. I'm demoralized. I just want to see this offense score some points. This, again, you guys may disagree with me here. Defense is perfectly fine. They keep getting put in the worst positions ever. They're spending so much time on the field. I mean, the time of possession has been laughable lately. Colorado, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. I don't put any blame on this defense. If this offense is somewhat competent, this defense looks great. So I think it's all about the offense. Show me some points. Show me something to work with here. I don't even... And again, how expectations have changed. I'm calling for eight wins a couple weeks ago. I don't even need to see the win. I need to see a team look improved. The coaching staff look improved. A team look like they care to be competitive. Yeah. So, and if there's, if there's, you know, I have a couple of things about the defense, but they're very nitpicky. Um, I think 
we're lacking a pass rush right now. Um, I think we lack a little bit of speed at linebacker. Um, Nate Landman covers up a lot of warts for you, man. Because yeah. um, Quinn Perry, he's a big dude, man. He, he's he's a house, but he when you're that big, you don't you don't really have the speed. But again, Nate Landman covers it up. I expected so much more from Carson Wells before the beginning of the year. He had six and a half sacks in six games last year. I don't. I'm not even sure if he has one this year. And he just doesn't look like he's even getting close to being to, to getting home. But all in all, yes, I, I'd say the defense. Obviously, the strongest part of our team. Um, yeah, again, they're just nitpicky things. Jared, you got anything else to add for this game? Only that the Buffs have their work cut out for them. You know, Arizona State, we, we talked about them a bit. And, you know, you look at them defensively. So far in, in the Pac-12, they rank third in points allowed. And they're first in, in yards allowed as far as the least amount of yards allowed so far this year. So it's not going to be easy for the Buffs. But, but like Ryan said, you have to come away from this game having an identity, having something you can be successful at, and just show us that you can be competitive. I think that's so important for them to understand that themselves. I think there's a lot of players that are questioning where they're at right now with this team, and I think they all need to kind of get back on board and buy into everything and really prove that they can be a competitive team in the Pac-12. All right, guys. you feel better? Do you feel like... Yeah, a little bit. I feel like that was therapeutic, and <laughs> yeah, you got a little bit off your chest. You can kind of... I don't know. I feel like I could keep going for a while. I know. Me too. <laughs> Look, let's just hope CU looks better, takes that next step we expect to see, and improves. I mean, that's what we're looking for, an improvement from last week to this week. So let's go, Buffs. Have a good week. Let's get that win against Arizona State. Everyone, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.